I said. Amen. 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 Awesome. So good to be with you. We celebrate this amazing day that God has given to us. It's been a, an amazing uh, Thanksgiving. I'm so grateful for everything that God has done and is doing. I am so grateful. I really am. I, uh, I want you to, to just, I just want to share with you that this Thanksgiving is one of the more memorable ones I've had in my life. And it wasn't anything to do with anything and specifically, like, you know, tangibly, just God. He's so good. And um, as I spent time with him on Thanksgiving before everybody came and everything happened, just uh, grateful, just stopping and saying thank you. Um, I am a humbled, gracious, way over blessed, way too taken care of and pampered. God is so amazing. He's far exceeded anything I could ever imagine in my life and anything that I could ever deserve. He's like so surpassed that. He's so good. I am so grateful and so humbled that he would ever even care about me. I don't deserve it. I don't know why he cares, but he's amazing. He loves us, church. Isn't it crazy that the creator of the universe loves us? <laughs> it's so amazing to me that he has a desire and he wants to do something for us and he's going to and he has a plan. And so I want you to know that as we begin this Christmas season and um, Eric was talking about he had a verse of hope in the first service and then this and during the offering he said he thought he messed up the order. I, we're not a liturgical church and if you don't know what that is, it's okay. And uh, it's, you know, like some churches are very, what they call is liturgical is they have uh, readings and stuff they go through and, and we have stuff we go through, but we're not considered a liturgical church. We're far from it. But there's aspects of that that are good for us, you know, and things that we need. And so as we begin the, the first Sunday of Advent, that I have declared the Sunday of peace, it may be hope. I don't know. I'm not liturgical, and I didn't get a note from headquarters to tell me <laughs> what I'm doing. So I just, like, did it, you know? Like, I'm saying I know what they are. It's peace, hope, joy, and love. Those are your first, I mean, those are your four Sundays of Advent. So Eric may have been right. It should have been hope, maybe, but we're doing peace. So... I hope that we have it right next week. How's that? <laughs> it's all good. It is. He's amazing. He is our hope. He's our peace. He's our everything. But you know, as we begin, the, the reason that we want to celebrate Advent in this context, now, we don't have the traditional Advent wreath, and we're not lighting candles every Sunday, and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, we've done it a few times in our past. We have. What God is asking us to do today as we begin this Sunday of Advent is to just pause. That's all he's asking us today. I believe this with all my heart and that I, I wrote it in my notes today. I didn't know what we were going to sing, but I think those are some of the best Christmas songs ever right there. They are. See, every song that is written in praise and worship and all that stuff is about Jesus, and that's what this whole season's about. This is what everything's about. It's the word of God's promise was all about. It's about what our life is all about, and it's what eternity's all about. All right, so please understand that as we worship him, that we worship him throughout the year because of who he is and what he's done. And so as we celebrate this, I am believing and asking God for miracles this Christmas season. 
I am claiming the authority that Jesus Christ has given to me. He's given it to us. We are declaring that truth. We sang about it a little while ago. Those words were right across the screen. You were singing it to him. As you did. I claim that authority that has been given to me in Jesus Christ. And what I'm asking God for is that this Christmas season, there would be miracles of restoration, healing, and move of God within our hearts, our church, and our families. Church, I want you to embrace that and pray with me and ask God to do something new this Christmas season. This is not about the same old routines. There's nothing wrong with traditions, and I'm not telling you to get rid of your traditions. I'm asking you, church, that the reason that we started this process of Advent in the beginning, our church fathers, way back in the early time of the history of the church, called the church together and said, you know, we need to be focused on this. You see, we think in the modern world we're busy and we have so much going on in our life. It's always been a problem with people. They didn't need light. They didn't need uh, phones and all that stuff to be busy. People's lives were always busy. There was always things to do and easily distracted from what life is all about. And so what happened was the church said, we're going to pick a date on the calendar because nobody knows the day in the calendar year Jesus was born. Nobody does. We know that. You don't have to Google that and read all the stupid things people write. We already know that. The Bible doesn't say on December 25th, Jesus came. It doesn't. But the church fathers picked that date. And yes, there is a other holiday celebrated on that day by pagans. So what? So what? I don't care. I'm celebrating Jesus. Yes, pagans bring trees in their house for a pagan holiday. So what? I bring a tree in my house because it's an evergreen and it stands for everlasting life that Jesus Christ has brought to me. Right? So what I'm saying is I'm not following their ways. I'm following what God says, the promises he has for me. The reason we have a platform right here, you know where I'm standing? Do you know that in the Old Testament, it talked about one of those guys that were there was raised up on a platform to read the word of God to everybody so they could hear him. So now we put a platform in the church and that's where the preachers preach from. All right, God didn't say, build a platform, speak for me there, right? But we do it because it's the way that we do it and it's called a tradition and it's okay. Other platforms are used for other reasons, right? We call it a stage in the world where shows are put on. Okay, so what? This isn't a stage. I don't care if you say, hey, when you're up there on the stage, that doesn't offend me. It's not a big deal. We're saying that we're up here because we're speaking God's word. So you follow me? So let's not let the Google experts tell us that we're following a wrong pagan thing when we celebrate Christmas, all right? Will you do that, church? Just ignore them because they're liars anyway and they're under the influence of the deceiver. So here's what we're doing. And this is why the church fathers did it. They recognized the fact that Jesus came and what an amazing thing that is. And because we're so busy in life, it's so easy for us that we could just have Christmas Day and we're on with everything going on in life. So what they did was they backed the calendar up and said, for these four Sundays, we're going to celebrate and put the people into place in the church to understand and to pause, looking at everything that God has done for us. Church, the fact that God had a plan for us and he came as one of us should cause you and I to take a little time out from the hecticness of life and just stop and realize who he is. And the reason why this Sunday is the Sunday of peace is you know that the prophet Isaiah was given the word from God himself and he said when he comes, he would be called the prince of what? Peace. That's it. 
Why? Because the world does not have peace. The world doesn't know what peace is. We know it's a, hey, peace, brother, you know, that kind of stuff, and that's what the world does. And they think that they can offer us peace through the things the world offers. We were singing a little while about this, too, a little while ago in our worship service, right? The things of this world, like, ugh, can only find it in Jesus, church. He's the author of peace. He is the product that brings peace. He is the only one that gives us peace. The world can't do it. So as we look at what we're talking about today and we're trying to find out like, hey God, what is it you want to do? One of my core values, as y'all know, is I'm committed to change and I'm saying, God, whatever you need to change in how we celebrate Christmas, you do it because this season is all about you. It's not about our traditions. So if our traditions are getting in the way of Jesus, then good grief, let's get rid of them. All across the board. I don't care what it is. I'm not trying to blow up your Christmas or freak your kids out. We're not saying don't buy them any gifts this year. Man, good grief, don't traumatize your kids in the name of Jesus. You know what I'm saying? All right, that doesn't mean they need a new iPhone either. I'm just saying, like, let's just stay where we are with God and understand that God wants to do something in our lives to help us to understand who Jesus is anew and what he really brought us. Because we've been under the delusional belief in this world that the world itself will bring us peace if we can accumulate, have, succeed, or accomplish, or this or that or the other thing. We think a new relationship will bring me peace because this one's bringing me turmoil. We've been told in the world that if I made X amount of money, I could have peace because all my bills would be paid, everything would be taken care of, I could sleep at night. We've been told that we could have peace if everything I have is in health, wealth, and prosperity. Then I'm in peace, and then I'm good, and I can sleep at night. We've been told that the thing that we need more than anything else is to have all of our needs met, and then we'll have peace. I'm just telling you, church, that the world is a liar, and you won't have peace no matter how much money you have, no matter how good your health is. Now, no matter how amazing your relationship is, no matter what house you live in, there is no peace outside of Jesus. You will not find it. The enemy's a liar, and he's trying to call us into trying to find peace in the things that the world offers us when we already have the author of peace himself given to us, and when we surrender to who he is in our life in every way, we will then experience the fullness of his peace. See, people are not at peace we're not there i mean i don't have to tell you that you know we already know that the the enemy's about division destruction and all the things that are going on in the world around us but as we consider the church and where we are and who we are in this thing i want you to see that god has called us for a season of change this christmas i am believing and i'm asking god for some significant change in our church in my life in our families god bring change God, bring a new, fresh wind from heaven. A realization of what this is truly all about. Not what we've been told this is about, not what we have said this is about, but what this is truly about from God's perspective. Can we just pause for a minute and think about this? This whole Christmas season is supposed to be from God's perspective, not ours. <laughs> but God's actually, uh, actually most of the time, even in the church, I'm saying most of us as people, like 
God's always given an invitation to be part of our celebrations, but he's not the source or the subject of our celebrations, even in Christmas. Think about it, right? I mean, God's more a part of Thanksgiving than he actually is Christmas and what we do. So we're pausing in Thanksgiving and say, thank you, God, for all that you have done, all that you have given. We have Anything that we have here today is given by you. And then when we come to Christmas, the fact of God's amazing gift, it's all about me and what I want, what you and what you want, and it's about us. Now, maybe that's not the way your Christmas is, and that's awesome. But I'm telling you, we've been told that's what it's about. That's the way it's commercialized and given to us, and I'm not blaming them. I'm blaming us. Church, you see, what we are looking for is something that the world is offering thinking that what the world offers us will bring us peace because we're still weighing ourselves with one part of us given to God and one part still living in the world. And so the enemy's constantly bombarding us with this idea that I can have peace right here when God's saying, you already have peace, you just need to own it. Stay right here with me. God wants to give us peace, church. It's his desire. So the focus that we've been told is I mean, seriously, I want you to hear me in the right way when I say this, but Christmas is about lust and desire in our culture. It is. And I'm not talking about sexual lust. It's the lust of stuff. It is. Okay? Now, there's nothing wrong with stuff, and it's not evil in and of itself, but it can't bring us peace or happiness. But yet we continuously believe that whatever I could have or something more, something better is going to do that for me. You know, there was a day, um, I don't know if y'all are old enough to remember this, but the, do you remember Cadillac made a Seville with a trunk that was cut? Like, like now when I look at it, it's like the stupidest looking car. Like, what were they thinking, you know? <laughs> I mean, you know, that was the, back in the day, that was like the rich people's vehicles were Cadillacs. And so this Cadillac Seville had a chopped trunk. I mean, you know, like, here's the car, and then just whacked off, you know? The thing is, when it first came out, I thought, man, that is really cool. <laughs> that car looks awesome and it's because it was sold to us that this is like luxury this is what the wealthy have this is what it is this is a status symbol anybody driving that Cadillac Seville everybody knew what it was as soon as you saw it because nobody else chopped their trunk off you know so it's like there's that idea well let's fast forward about 15 18 years and I looked at that Seville driving on the road it was rusty it was kind of banging around a little bit and it was rough it had been through it all, barely limping along, and I saw that car driving, and it was like probably 15 years later, whatever it was. I looked at it, and I was like laughing to myself. I was like, I remember when I really thought that was cool. <laughs> that thing's a piece of junk, and it's ugly. <laughs> okay, but I want you to think about that because you see, that's the way everything in the world is. Everything the world offers us is just like that. The enemy's trying to get us to see that it's the thing to have, it's going to bring you something that you don't possess on your own. And, and you're going to matter and you're going to be someone if you have this or you do this. We have those things, right? I mean, they're all around us and they're being told to us all the time, like, all you need is this, all you need is this, all you need is that. So if I had all my bills paid and I had all these things, and here's my Christmas list, and if you check all these boxes and, and, and I'm doing well in this area and I'm healthy and stuff, then, man, I should be able to put my head down on my pillow and just completely go out and not even have a care in the world. 
But the truth of the matter is the people that have all that stuff are some of your most anxious, worrisome people there are. God's word tells us about one of them. In the Old Testament, Ecclesiastes, you know, King Solomon had more wealth than anyone ever will. And he said, man, I tried everything to find happiness and it was not there. <laughs> it's crazy, but church, the only way to have peace is through Jesus Christ. It's not about stuff. You're never going to find peace through stuff. Build a better house, great. It's okay to have a better house. I don't care. God doesn't care. Listen, this is what Jesus said. Jesus said to his followers, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way. Take up your cross and follow me. So we've been told to live this way by the world. We've been told to do certain things, and this is what you have to do to be somebody and to accomplish all these things. And Jesus said, you need to give up your way. Take up your cross and follow me. It's a complete surrender, church. It's all in for him and what he's saying to us. So when God speaks these words to us and we see it, he says, you must give up your own way, take up your cross and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, what does he tell us? You'll lose it. You're going to lose it. Trying to hold on to your stuff, your plans, your ideas, everything you think you need to accomplish in life to be something and feel peace and satisfied in your life. He said, if, if you continue to follow that way, which is your way, you're going to lose it. Not just your soul. That's not just the only thing. Although that's a huge thing. That's what he's addressing here is the fullness of our life. But church, when we follow that way, it's like it's so empty. If you try to hang on to your life, you'll lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. This is Jesus talking. And what do you benefit? This is Jesus. If you gain the whole world, but lose your own soul. Have it all. Check every box, but you lose your soul. What have you got? Nothing. Is anything worth more than your soul? That's the words of Jesus, our Savior. So he's telling us, church, like we need to refocus right now. We have to focus on some things that God wants to speak to us. So Jesus isn't telling us, again, that possessions are evil in themselves. Material stuff's not evil. It's not. God gave us all the things in this world to enjoy, and they are for our benefit and good, right? Okay, it's okay. What Jesus tells us is that when we put our focus on that, we cannot live to the fullness of what God has, and we will be robbed of our very soul when we think that those things will give us what we're looking for, when all that we need is Jesus Christ, and that is where our peace comes from. You cannot find it in anything else. Everything else is fading and will pass. So they're not our source of peace. He is. Now it tells us in Philippians, right? The Apostle Paul writes and he says, look, this is the deal. Not that I was ever in need. So the church had, had taken an offering to send him to help him in his situation. Now listen to what he writes here. For I have learned how to be content with whatever I have. Are you content with whatever you have right now? If you didn't get one thing for Christmas, if you did not get another material possession, are you content? You are right now. <laughs> what if you're bumping down the road in that little rust bucket and you can't hardly get to the next place you got to go? Are you content? See what the apostle writes. It says, not that I was ever in need, for I have learned how to be content with whatever I have. I know how to live. 
on almost nothing or with everything. He's like, I've been everywhere, man. He said, I've been with, I've got money pouring out of me to I got nothing in my pocket. He said, I've been in both places in life. He doesn't stop there. Look, I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or an empty one, with plenty or little. For what is the answer? What does he tell us? For I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. So he's like, look, it's not found in anything else. It's just found in Jesus Christ alone. Therefore, he says, I have not found peace in anything the world offers me. I've never found contentment in all the stuff or the absence of stuff. The only place I've ever found the strength that I need to live in life is in Jesus Christ. He's it. Church, he's it. We cannot experience peace any other way. See, when we're laying in our bed at night and we have all this stuff going on up here and we're thinking about how can I what do I need to do? What's going to happen? What about this? What if that? Is this going to work out? And we're trying to figure everything out and fix everything so that we can make things work the way we want them to work. And we're being consumed in our brain so that we cannot even rest. Come back to me right here. And let's look at what God tells us. Jesus said, I am the prince of peace the world can't give it to you only I can so as we calculate and we are consumed with things the Lord is calling us right here to the season of peace like slow down yep you may not have everything you want you may never get it what is it that you do have See, when the Apostle Paul, he says, like, I, I've been in all these places, and if you live long enough, you'll experience some of all that. You will. It's, I'm not saying you're going to be rich. I'm saying, like, you'll have, and you won't, and you'll do, and you can't, and all that stuff's going to happen in life. That's part of it. But do you have peace in your heart through it all? So if the bottom falls out tomorrow, and it might, the entire economy collapses the stock market crash is worse than it did back in the Great Depression. And you're standing in line to find and hope to have a piece of bread or some toilet paper, whatever the case may be. Church, will you have peace? See, you, you won't have peace unless you have surrendered fully to Jesus Christ. And that you know that whatever comes your way, He's got you. And that He is the source of your strength. And that He brings and speaks peace over our life so that we know that no matter what, He's got us. Because we're going to die. When we die, it's not going to be like, Woo, let's have a party, I'm dying. But we're going to die. Can we have peace when we die? Absolutely. Even though it's the enemy, it is the one who is pursuing every one of us to take us out, all as a result of sin in the world, right? So I can still have peace looking at death right there in my face. It's like, it's all right, Jesus has me. He's right there, and he's going to take me right through. I have peace. <laughs> Look, we have visited this text over uh, more than two and a half years now. It was pre-COVID, 
quite a while pre-COVID that, um, that's a funny term, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> something new. Uh, so anyway, prior to that stuff all happening in our lives, we were just going along as normal. But prior to that, and then we have everything on record and you can look, I don't keep any of my notes or stuff, but there's stuff on record at the church. Long before that, God was bringing this verse to me on a regular basis. Some of you in the church were coming to me about different issues in your life, different stuff that was happening, and it was God was just saying, like, here it is, here it is, here it is. And as we moved into that season of our lives that still continues today, and will probably continue the rest of our lives, just so you know, just relax, and this is going to happen. It's okay. It's not like God's like, what are we going to do now? COVID's there. He's fine, and he loves us, and he's going to take us through right? Church, seriously, it's part of our life now. That's okay. So here's the thing. I look back. This is why I was rejoicing so much in Thanksgiving, because I'm looking back, and it's like, God, you're so awesome. None of us could have planned or prepared ourselves for what we had to deal with. You know what I mean? Like, we didn't know. God knows everything. So this verse, there's three verses that he was giving me on a regular basis. And I can tell you right now that I have spoken these three verses more than any verses probably in my 30-some plus years of being a pastor. And it's not John 3, 16, 17, and 18 like everybody would think. But it is those verses in Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 through 8. And it's not that I'm here to re-preach something to us. It's the fact that God knew God knew. God knew what was coming. God was preparing his church, preparing his people, saying, do you trust me? I've got you. Will you trust me? Here it is, church. Listen, this is God's word, Philippians 4, 6. Don't worry about anything. You know what swept the globe and is still lurking all around us? fear and worry and anxiety everybody's was freaking out and and here's god telling us way before it even happened hey don't worry about anything don't be anxious for anything relax i've got you so first off not this is not to pound on us as people like, oh, I was scared for my life. Listen, your life is a gift, and, it, and it's normal for us to want to live. God made us that way, okay? So that's not what we're talking about. We are going to look at what he says to us here, though, and learn something from it. Because if God preceded all that saying, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. This is his word, right? So we're reading what God's word says to us. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. So when the enemy comes and he's yakking at you, what if? Uh-oh, you can't. That list isn't completed. How are you going to do that? How are you going to get everybody their gifts? How are you going to pay your bills? How are you going to survive? What if there's no bread on the shelves? What if the toilet paper disappears again? Whatever the issue is, see, God says, look, don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. So it's like, you're God. I am talking to you about every single thing going on in my life. So 
I'm not going to like redo this or go way back or anything, but I'm saying you already know my wife was diagnosed with, um, with ovarian cancer early in 2020, pre-COVID, just before God got her surgery, came out of the hospital, just as everything shut down. God's good. <laughs> but here's the thing. Like, when you're looking at death itself, and you're like, well, God, I mean, everything in my life has I mean, I, I mean this in a good way. I hope you understand this in a healthy way that my whole life was with Kim. I didn't know Jesus until her and I accepted Jesus together. I had never preached a message in my life until her and I were serving Jesus together. I was called into ministry with her. We served God as a pastoral team. We raised our kids together. We became grandparents together. We moved across the country to a place we didn't know or anybody that we knew together. All we had was each other and God, you know what I'm saying? And all of a sudden you're like, in the midst of all this, it's like, you know what? She can be gone right now. And you're looking at what God says to you right here and he says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. And your mind is flooded with the what ifs. And the reality of life is like, there are no guarantees that she's coming back to you out of this. And when the final diagnosis comes and they do the surgery and they're like, she's in remission and all that stuff is good. And the doctor says to you, we want you to understand that this is a cancer that will come back. This is the diagnosis. This is the type you have. It's not like it's gone. You are in remission. Because, you know, your first response when it's over with is like, we're cancer free, right? Well, yeah, we've removed it. <laughs> but you're not cancer-free, and you're not cured, you're in remission. Some of you here are in that same state, right? It's like it's in pause and limbo. We can't control it. We don't know what's going to happen, but we do know the type that it is. It's coming back. So for my wife, you know, thereafter until today, when something starts to feel wrong in her physically, the first thing that's in the mind is, what if? You know, that's the way the enemy works. She's not living in fear and anxiety. I don't want you to misunderstand me, see? But the reality of life is there. The enemy's gonna jump on this thing and say, what if that's what it is? What if you're feeling this? What is that twinge in your stomach? What is that thing that you feel? Why do you feel off today? Some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. And, and here's Jesus in his word calling to us and saying, hey, don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. So it's like the reality is Kim and I sat down after this whole thing and the surrender of all that stuff and just trusting God through it all. Whatever happens, it happens. And we had that little conversation saying, babe, you know what? One of these days, one of us isn't coming out of this. Could be me. Could be you. We're going to die. Same thing I said to you a little while ago. This is the Thanksgiving hope, peace message of, yeah, we're going to die. One of us is going to be left alone unless God takes us out together somehow, right? That's the reality. And so even though you have a diagnosis, it doesn't mean you're going before me. I always told her, man, the statistics show a woman outlives a man for seven years. So I'm out and you're in. And I already gave my boys instructions. I'm not letting her marry anybody. So, all right. <laughs> No joking aside, I said, well, if he's a eunuch, you could let her marry him. Uh, but anyway, we're going to keep going so you don't think about that for a minute. Let's go. So here's what God says. He says, don't worry about anything, but pray about everything. Give it to God, right? Tell him what you need. 
and thank him for all he's done. See, there's a key right here. There's, there's this little comma there. We have no problem telling God what we need. And, and usually we do. I'm with you, right? I'm like, God, I need her. Do you understand? I need her. I don't know how to be a, a man, a father, a grandfather, a husband, a pastor. I don't know how to live without, I need her. He's like, you need me. I do need you, God. And you're the answer. But I already know that not only do I need you, but I need her. You said it is not good for man to be alone. Therefore, I need her. Keep her right here next to me. You follow me? And he's like, do you trust me? Don't worry about anything, Dave. I've got you. And when we surrendered that finally to him where I was like, okay, you can have her if you want her. I mean that in a good way. I mean, I meant that like, I don't want to keep her from anything you have for her. And if she doesn't have to deal with any of this stuff, then I know she'll be happy. Then you can have her. In that moment, there was no fears or anxieties. There was God's peace that came. And the only reason I experienced the peace was because I surrendered the anxiety. See, I gave that to him. And I began with... Look, God, look what you have done. You have given me so much. I mean, my only girlfriend became my wife. You've given me so much, God. Thank you. Thank you for all the years we've had together. Thank you, God, for everything we've been able to experience, good and bad, struggling where all we had was him and each other. You know what I mean? I thank you, God. And when you begin to thank God the way he tells us to in his word and thank God for all that he has done, the anxieties begin to lift and disappear because God is our provider and he's the giver of peace and he just breathes on us and it's like, that's what it's all about. It's amazing when in those moments of surrender you experience the peace of God and it's amazing. So what are you worried about? What is it that's causing the anxiety about Christmas, the season, family, material things, finance? What is it that the enemy's kind of whispering in your about? God says, just tell me what you need. Tell me what you need. You know, we often tell God what we want. And there's nothing wrong with telling him what we want. I'm not telling you not to. He, he asks, he tells us to talk to him. But you know, he'll provide what you need. We have a hard time being content with what we need. We think we deserve what we want. What we need is his peace above all things. And he's the only one that can provide that church. Tell God what you need. Thank him for all that he has done. If we want to experience the fullness of Christmas, if we want to experience everything that this is all about, it's going to require you and I surrendering. It is. It's the surrendering of the what-ifs, the anxieties, and all these things, and all that we think is important and we have to have, and just saying, God, what is it that you want us to have, experience, and encounter this Christmas season? Are you willing to let go of anything that's in the way of what God wants to do? Are you, church? Are you willing to let it go? See, there's nothing more important than his peace. And this is what he tells us. In his word, 
When we read that verse to us here, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need. Thank him for all he's done. It goes right on to verse number seven. And this is what verse seven says. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. Isn't that cool? See, if we just follow God's formula, we get God results. And God's results are he's bringing us peace. Can you have peace in the midst of having nothing or having everything? Having life or having sickness? Having a job or being unemployed? Having a home or being homeless? See, what God tells us is that if you have me, you have everything that you'll ever need. Therefore, the peace that only God can bring to us is found only in God and through God. Therefore, church, we have to surrender all of our ideas. Remember, Jesus said, let go of your own way. Take up your cross and follow me. You got to do it my way. It's the death of self. It's not about what I want, what I think I need, what my life I believe is all about, what I've created it to be about. No, it's about what he wants. It's about who he is. And he's got us. then you will experience God's peace which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. See, these are the verses that God gave to us pre-COVID, way back, probably six months before COVID, four months before my wife's diagnosis. <laughs> See, when everything went, went down, church, I want you to hear this, right? I've said this before to you, I think one other time, but I'm telling you again today. When my wife was diagnosed with cancer, she had a, I think it was 27 millimeter tumor inside of her, which we didn't even know existed until this happened, which was pretty big. Okay, listen, this is the crazy thing. Like, God been talking these verses to me. He'd been having me share it with other people. He's been talking to me about this. And when this moment came, I thought, Dave, Dave thought, those verses God gave and everything about this and the surrender God was talking to me about and trusting him in all things and don't be anxious. And all, I thought it was all about that. I did. Because see, that was my whole world in the moment. And that was January 2020. Little did I know, or us know, that in March of 2020, the whole world would go crazy. <laughs> and God was like, look, you had a little glimpse, just, just let me tell you, I got you. Trust me, let go. So sometimes we can get so wrapped up in our own stuff that we, God's doing something so much bigger, but he's preparing us, right? And that's why the apostle Paul said, I've had a lot, I've had a little, I've been full, I've been hungry. I've dealt with all, I've found something here that this is my strength, it's Christ alone, that's it, period. That's the paraphrased version, I hope you understand that. That wasn't a direct quote. <laughs> Here's what we're looking at. God's like, you know what? I want you to experience my peace. The way to experience peace is to give all that garbage to God. Trust him and thank him for everything. What is it that's eating you up, church? What is it about this Christmas season? What's happening in your life? What's happening in your job? What's happening in your family? God, in the name of Jesus, we are declaring victory in our families. God, we are believing you for miracles of healing and restoration. God, we're believing you for God's stuff this Christmas. Not my stuff, not stuff stuff, God's stuff. We're believing him. Claim that authority. Speak that authority in the name of Jesus over your family, over your home. 
Speak that peace. Own that peace. Just trust him. Whatever's going on with you. Church, he's got us. I'm no further than I did in the first service. I told them in the other service, I, most of this message was for me, just so you know. I'm just sharing a little bit God wants for you. I got pages of notes over here. Don't get nervous. I'm, I haven't eaten yet today either, so we're going to get out of here soon. John 14, this is Jesus speaking. I want you to hear this verse. It's so cool. I am leaving you with a gift. Pause, time out for just a second. Jesus just got telling, telling the disciples, I'm, I'm out of here, I'm leaving you. Okay, now think about that for just a second. These guys had left their careers. They had left their families. And they'd been following him for three years, believing in something that they thought was going to happen. They thought Jesus was going to overthrow the Romans. They were going to have positions of authority in the new government, the God government. No modern day thing there I'm not trying to push I'm just saying something listen as they were sitting there listening to all this all of a sudden Jesus says hey guys I'm out of here <laughs> I mean think about it right have we dealt with those types of situations in your life where all of a sudden it's like everything you thought is not that's what they were dealing with it was in this moment Jesus says I'm leaving you with a gift, though. Don't worry. <laughs> I'm out, but don't worry. I'm going to give you a gift. I'll be good. You know, consolation prize. Like, thanks, out, gone. I'm leaving you with a gift. Peace of mind and heart. Again, please put this in the context of where we are. This is in the midst of everything that they thought was going to happen. Everything that was in their new normal, I hate using that term, but it was to them. They'd left everything that was their life to this new life in Christ, following Jesus as one of his disciples. They were following him, doing what he was telling them to do with their own ideas of how this would work out in the end. You follow that? Now all of a sudden Jesus says, I'm leaving, but don't worry, I'm giving you a gift and it's peace of mind and heart. And it's like, wait a minute, I'm in such turmoil right now because things aren't sounding like I think they're going to happen. So the, the disciples in their flesh and in their mind, I guarantee you they were like, whoa, 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 whoa. Uh, nope, that's not going to happen. <laughs> That's why Peter said to him, like, Lord, that's not going to happen. He's like, yeah, it is, dude. It's happening. Again, not word for word, just a paraphrase. <laughs> right? So when we look at this and we're listening, he says, I, I'm giving you peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. Isn't that awesome? Now, this is what he goes on to say. So don't be troubled or afraid. Oh, Lord Jesus, please speak that word over us today. I'm giving you a gift. Peace of mind and heart. Don't be afraid. I've got you. Listen, he was saying, God has a plan that he's working. Right? That's what Jesus was saying. And they were clueless in the moment. I, I, don't, I don't mean this disrespectfully. I think we're all pretty clueless in the moment. We all are pretty clueless. <laughs> We don't always know what God's up to or what he's doing or that he's even doing anything in the moment. 
And in the craziness of our world, it's like, what? And he's like, don't be afraid. Look, just have my peace. Breathe in. <sighs> don't toss on your pillow. Don't try and figure it out. Don't think what if or what can I or how is this going to happen? He says, look, I'm giving you a gift. You know what that gift was? Holy Spirit. He's like, look, I, I'm leaving and I need to leave because you can't possess what you need to experience this peace, to not be afraid, to not be troubled in your heart when life is going crazy. You need me to go so that you can receive that gift that God has for you. It's my peace. Isn't he awesome? Church, God wants us to have that peace this Christmas season more than anything else. Well, now my, my notes won't even work, so we're done. Here you go. Uh, do you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior personally? Do you know him? If you know him, then God says that if you apply the word of my truth and you own that truth, then you can have that peace of mind and heart no matter what. Are you experiencing his peace right now? Are you allowing the holiday season to bring anxiety? What in the world would we let that happen for when the whole purpose of this thing is to understand that God loved us so much that he came for us? <laughs> what place does worry and fear have in that? Seriously, is that crazy? We created these things that are unattainable because we, why? He's like, look, this is all about what I've done for you not what you can do for everyone else we need to just kind of like chill out church and just kind of step into that peace and trusting God in the fullness of what it is so we're not going to worry about anything rather we're going to pray about everything we're gonna tell God what we need go ahead and give him your Christmas list go ahead serious I'm not telling you not to give God your Christmas list but then when you're done giving it to him your needs Thank him for all that he's done. So continue your list. Not with what I need from you, God, but what you've already done for me, God. <laughs> then church, let's learn to rely on the Holy Spirit. He's leading us. He's guiding us. He's got us. He's our peace. He's there within us, and he's doing a God thing in the midst of our life. Will you trust him and let him lead you? So we've got to trust God in every situation. So whatever's coming our way, God already knows. And God's preparing us today for what's coming. Because he knows and we don't. So what is it God asking us? Will you surrender? Receive my peace. Trust me. Let me be the peace in your mind and your heart. And will you just give me your needs and thank me? So will you do it? Here it is. It's time. The altar's open. Why don't we start today? If you want to come and just talk to him, whatever your purpose and need is, like if you need salvation, definitely come forward. If you just want to give him your anxieties and fears, if you're like stressed out because of thinking about the holidays, why don't you bring them to him and just give him your holiday and experience his? <laughs> That'd be pretty awesome. Altar's open, Father, we love you. We're so grateful for Jesus. Lord, what in the world would we do without you? And God, I just want to say thank you for putting us on this side of Calvary, the empty grave, and Pentecost. Oh God, we are so highly favored. <laughs> Undeserving of everything that you have done, everything that you provide, everything that you give. God, we are so undeserving. 
thank you. God, thank you for all that you have done for us, Lord. Thank you. There are needs here, God. You know that. Lord, you know all the needs here. God, thank you for that. And God, you're our source. It's not a matter of a better job or better pay or better this or that. It's all you. So God, you just make a way. However you want to, we trust you. We surrender to you. And God, we want everyone in this room, everyone online, everyone that hears my voice today to own the truth of your word and to own the peace that you came to bring us this season. We love you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you, church. Thank you for being here. Have an amazing week with him.